0: to thrive. Welcome to the Thriveology podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Yesterday, I was doing a TV appearance, and on that TV appearance, we took some phone calls from people. And what was interesting was All three people shared the same piece. They talked about feeling anxious and and having to deal with things that frustrated them. The first person was talking about dealing with a daughter who was suffering from addiction and was talking about the fact that she just could not get beyond that because she didn't know how to get to forgiveness and she didn't know what to do with all that and hold the other person accountable. The second caller was somebody who said that they were finding themselves anxious about things and didn't know how to move forward with the politics and the the climate of our day, didn't know how to get past that without getting caught up in the the worries of, of the day. The third person continued that process of talking about feeling out of control and all of the things that were making them feel this fear and anxiety. After that TV appearance, later Last night, I did a webinar. And on that webinar, I was really talking about how to get unstuck because this all is where we get unstuck. In fact, I was talking today with a colleague of mine, and we mentioned the fact that getting stuck is just a part of life. It's just what happens as we're living life. If we're breathing, we're, we're bound to get stuck at points. And, and so the real goal is learning how to get unstuck faster and faster. One of the places, as I was talking last night, and as I was listening to the callers, was that we get stuck around this whole idea of control. We end up finding ourselves caught up in frustration and worry. And they are two clear symptoms of trying to control what you can't. In fact, if you're noticing people around you who are experiencing frustration with you, you can bet that probably a piece of that puzzle is they're feeling it too. They're feeling your place of trying to control something about them. So I thought it might be helpful for us to revisit this whole idea of control. And while I've talked about it before, I find that repetition is sometimes necessary for us humans because we tend to fall back into our old habits, especially in these areas of what we want to try to control. And part of what we often try to control are the wrong targets. So today we're going to do a little target practice about the things we can control and the things we can't control. And, and here's the good thing. The targets we can control are very close to us. <laughs> the targets we can't control are much further away, sometimes way far away. And we spend an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out how to target what we can't control. And we miss the targets of what we can control. So just for a moment just imagine that there is a sphere around you, a circle around you, your circle or sphere of control, your zone of control and, and, or, or of concern, all of the things over which you are concerned. And it, goes, it could go all the way around the world. If you're like me, And you open up any news source, whether it's opening up a newspaper like paper, which doesn't happen very often. I don't notice it unless I'm traveling somewhere. Or maybe it's your phone or your tablet or your computer and you you turn and you go look at the news and and all of a sudden you're cast into a world of concern and you read about all the things that are, are not going so well in our world, things that are going wrong that are upside down in our world. And you might find yourself feeling anxious, feeling concerned about that. Or maybe you look outside and you just look at your immediate world and, and you see the problems of our environment. You see the problems of our business world. You see the problems of our, our kids that are struggling to just make it through life. You see the problems of poverty and, and all these other pieces. That can all fall with your, in your, your sphere of, of concern. And then you might look at that circle and see your family And you worry about what's going to happen with them. And and by the way, worrying is a way that we often use to kind of feel like we're controlling it—that we have some. So you know, we 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 think about something, we worry about it, and we feel like we're doing something. Had a conversation several weeks ago with somebody who said, "You know, I'm I'm really struggling with my child. My child's not doing what I expect should happen." And. And I said, "What do you what do you think you can do about that?" And they said, "Well, I'm doing it." And I said, "Well, what's that?" And I said, "I'm up all night thinking about this and I get up in the morning and I'm thinking about that." And I said, "But what are you doing about it?" Because the answer is there's not much you can do. You could share your concern, but that's that's about it. We'll get to that more in a minute. But if you think about that sphere of concern, it will include your family. It could include if you have aging parents, it could, it could include them. If you have kids, it includes, includes them. Include your spouse. It would include your friends. It would include your professional life. It would include so many areas, anywhere outside of you, that you feel that you have some concern for that area. Now, clearly, we all have some things that fall even outside of our area of concern. There are groups of people we don't know anything about. Places we don't know anything about, problems in the world that we don't know anything about, and we don't worry about them because they are not in our area of concern, our sphere of concern, our zone of concern. So we're now talking about the things that you ponder and want to control, but they're in your area of concern. It's everything external to you, and it includes other people's actions, emotions, and beliefs. And here's the bad news. Those are the things you can't control. (laughs) You can't control other people's actions. If you've got a child, you know that to be the case. If you say to a child, you know you can't hit anybody and they come home and they've gotten into a fight on the playground, you had no control over that because they were outside of your area of control. In fact, if you've got two siblings, you probably know that you can't even keep it from happening in your own house. So you can't control your action, the other people's actions. Your spouse may do things you'd rather them not do. That's outside of your area of control. It might be in your area of concern, but not in your area of control because we can't control other people's actions nor their emotions. You can certainly upset other people, make people angry, but you can't make them happy. And in fact, if you make them angry, it's partly because they've allowed that to happen to themselves. But we don't have control over the emotional life of other people. Sometimes people say, can you tell me what to do to keep my spouse from getting angry? And my response is, no, I can't. There might be some things you're doing that will make them angry, but I can't tell you what you can do to keep them from getting angry because they may choose to be angry no matter what you do because that's outside of your control. Nor can you control other people's beliefs. If you don't believe me on that, look around the world about how we struggle around religion. And yet the other religions still survive. And some places even thrive. We can't control what somebody else believes. And if you don't believe that, think about the people who, if you go to church or a synagogue or mosque or anywhere else who are sitting right beside of you, thinking something different than what you think. They believe something different, and and their beliefs are not just religious. They believe other people in your family and life view the world differently, believe things about what's true in the world different than you do. We can't control those beliefs. We really can't control anything that's out there, the events that happen in the world, the weather that comes your way, the politics that you may or may not like. You can't control the world events. You can't control crazy leadership. You can't control inept people in the world. That's just out there in your sphere of concern. Now, let me just say, when I say that, people say, well, then I might as well give up. No, not at all. If you have concerns about politics, vote, run for office, support people who do. You can still be influential in that, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. You just probably don't have enough leverage to change things. Your one vote is an important one vote. It just doesn't determine everything. So as we begin to refocus on what we can control, we recognize that anything out there can be in our realm of concern, but not be within our realm of control. So now let's draw a little circle right around you and remind yourself that you have control over three things, your aspirations, your attitude, and your actions. Your aspirations are what you dream about in life, what you want for your life, what you hope for in life. You can always say, you know what, this is what I want to do. That's my aspiration. Now, you may not achieve that. You know, if I say I have an aspiration of being a best-selling author, I can choose that aspiration. I don't necessarily get to choose whether I'll be a bestseller or not. I can do a lot of actions in that that will help, but ultimately it requires a lot of other people over whom I don't have control to buy my book. So aspirations I can choose. That doesn't mean I get there. I can have an aspiration that I'm gonna travel to every country in the world, and I can set out to do that. I may not make it, but I can choose that aspiration. So we have a choice of our aspirations, what we hope for. Now notice I didn't say you had control over your fears, Because fears are what pop up on us, what surprise us, the the things that are lurking behind us. So we all can have some fears that we can't necessarily control. We can decide not to give them a lot of power and energy. We can decide not to ponder them very long, but the fears will pop up. That's just kind of how we're built. We're, We're built with an internal fear mechanism that means that we're going on a regular basis to experience fear without having to choose that. It comes upon us. Instead, we get to choose our aspirations, what we hope for, what we dream about. We have a choice about our attitude. And I'm not talking about having a good attitude when you get up in the morning. I'm talking about having an attitude that says, I will do my best. I will try. We always have a choice about that. Now, we might not always choose to maintain that, but we always have a choice too. I can choose to step in and say, you know what, I'm going to give it my best shot. I'm going to do the best I can in this situation. I'm going to figure it out. In fact, one of the things that I've realized is in lots of ways, courage is having a willingness to figure it out as you go, not of knowing it now, not of waiting until everything is at the right place, but of willing to figure it out. That's confidence. I have the confidence that as I move forward, I will figure this process out. Not the confidence that I already know it, but that I'll have an attitude of continuing. I'll, I'll give it my best shot. I'm not really big on people saying, well, I'll try to do that as much as to committing to doing that. But that's what I'm really talking about when I say we can choose that attitude. To have an attitude where we will continue pushing forward on what's important to us in spite of the problems that get in our way. And there will be problems that get in our way. We have the choice of having an attitude of moving forward. In fact, we're always choosing what attitude will hold. If you have an attitude of saying, I can't do it, you've chosen that attitude, whether you realized it or not. If you have an attitude of, I can figure it out, I can do this, that's your attitude that you've chosen. In either case, it's been a choice. Whether you recognized it as a choice or not, it was a choice. Which brings us to our third piece that we can control. And in our sphere of control are also the choices of our actions. And this is one of those that many people pretend they don't have control about. Just the other day, I was talking with somebody who is constantly, on a regular basis, yelling at his wife and his kids. And he said, you know, I don't have any control over that. It just comes out. Just what happens when they frustrate me. I said, you have no control over that whatsoever. He said, no, none. It just pops up. It comes out, and I said, you don't recognize that part of what you're doing is trying to control them by pretending you have no control over that because now they're stuck feeling like they are responsible to keep you from yelling. That's not their responsibility. That's yours. And he said, I can't help it. It just comes out. And I say... Do you yell in every situation? And he said, what do you mean? I said, let's say you're driving down the road and the police come up behind you and they pull you over and it bothers you just like the, your family did. Would you yell at the officer? And he said, well, gosh, no. I said, why? And he said, because the officer might arrest me. And I said, OK, let's say that you, uh, you do manage to not yell at the officer and he gives you a ticket and you go into court and you don't like what the judge is doing. Do you yell at the judge? And he said, well, gosh, no. And I said, why? And he said, well, the judge could throw me in jail. And I said, then you've just proven that in those situations you chose not to yell. And if you chose not to yell, you choose to yell, even if you don't recognize it. The fact is that we all on a regular basis are choosing our actions, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And I'm just suggesting that we step back and say, that is something I can control. If I choose not to, that's still on me, but I can control my actions We always have a choice of choosing our actions. Those are the three pieces over which you have control, your aspirations, your attitude, and your actions. And that's it. There is a small little area, if you're thinking about that that sphere, that circle around you, there's a small area between your area, your own area of control, and the greater area of concern, and that's the area of influence. And that is that the way that you act and the way you treat other people and the way you talk with other people, communicate with other people, share with other people could influence them. It's still not in your control, but it could influence them. For instance, if you're having a conversation with a child, you're influencing that child. If you're having an influence with your, or a conversation with your spouse, you're influencing that spouse or with a friend or at work. So there are places where you might find that you have some influence. The danger is that when we're in that area of influence, we often cross in and believe that there's some place where we can control that. As soon as we get a little bit, we like to step in and grab a lot more. That's what happens with parenting and with spouses and with friends and often at work where we overstep what we can control cross into that area of influence and believe that in that area of influence is also what we can control and we can't. So we remind ourselves that that area, that small, slim area around us, our area of influence is not within our area of control. It's in our area of concern where we might have an impact, but we can't control it. And when we think about that, we begin to notice a couple of things. One is that there are some symptoms of when we've stepped out of our zone. When we try to control what you can't, frustration's involved for you and for the other person. If you've ever had that tug of war when you're trying to get somebody to do something, you get frustrated with the fact that you can't get them to change, and they get frustrated that you're trying to make them change. A clear symptom that you're trying to control what you can't. A second symptom is resentment. Because when people feel like they haven't been able to stand up for themselves, that they feel like somebody's trying to control them, it builds resentment. I often see this in marriage situations where a spouse becomes more and more resentful over the efforts of somebody to control them. And I say efforts because it rarely works. It's an attempt to control them. And over time, that begins to be a resentment. And if people believe that they should be able to control that, they become resentful too that the other person is not uh, molding to what they would like. A third symptom of trying to control what you can't is worry. In fact, many times people worry as a way of feeling like they have some control in the situation. The fourth one related to that is feeling anxiety. When we're focused on the things that we can't control, we feel anxious, particularly when we're not focusing on the things we can control. So when we begin to refocus on what we can do, what we can control, it begins to change the equation. My suggestion is that you always remind yourself of what you can control. On a daily basis, I'm constantly saying, okay, I control my aspirations, I can control my attitude, and I can control my actions. On a daily basis, I have to remind myself of that because human nature is for us to reach out and try to control things that we can't. So I remind myself on a regular basis. And a part of that is working on the habits. When I find myself stepping into places where I'm trying to control things that I can't control, I recognize that many times that's habitual Sometimes we learned it from our family that they might have tried to control you. They might have tried to control others and you step it into that thinking that that was love. That was what that was about. And it might have been from a very good place but a place that doesn't work real well. So part of what we do in this process is working on reworking the habits of control so that we're no longer trying to control the things we can't. And always realize this fear can pull us into trying to control things we can't. If our spouse is doing something that scares us, that makes us fearful, maybe they're pulling away. That can lead us to acting in controlling ways. If our kids are doing something that you're worried about their future, it can lead to fear. The same thing happens in culture. We can find that fear pulls us into trying to take control of the things we can't and stepping away from the things we can. In fact, the odd thing about this is almost always when we're trying to control the things we can't control, we're no longer controlling the things we can control. We cross over that barrier. So remind yourself and work on those habits of recognizing that you can control your attitude, your aspirations, and your attitude, and and your actions. Anything external to that can be in your sphere of concern, but not within your area of control. If this has been helpful, I've got a couple of resources that I think might be helpful for you. One is a book that's already out now. It's called Thrive Principles, 15 Strategies for Building a Thriving Life. It's already available. It's in your bookstore. It's also online at all the other uh, typical retailers, and you can find it anywhere. Or you can check out my website for that book called thethriveprinciples.com, thethriveprinciples.com. Also, now out in ebook format is my latest book, The Immutable Laws of Living. The Immutable Laws of Living. You can find that wherever you normally get your ebooks if you like ebooks or you can pre-order from online services like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and others so that you can get that when it comes out in, in actual book form in April or you can wait for it in your bookstore. If you're struggling with how you regain control of your life, those two resources will help you understand how to move toward those things in much more thriving ways. I hope you'll grab them, and I hope you'll let me know how that goes for you. This is Lee Balcom wishing you the best for a thriving life.